If you are just getting started with the NGSS and 3D teaching, I want to invite you to check out Bring Wonder Back, an on-demand video series designed to help you understand why moving through the textbook and teaching topics is actually crushing your students' curiosity and what you can do instead. It's going to help you shift the work of learning where it belongs by building your understanding of explorations and discovery-based teaching practices. And finally, I'm going to help you take the first steps toward transforming your students into scientists through 3D learning, which is really what the NGS is all about. You can access this video series at iExploreScience/wonder and get ready to bring wonder engagement and a love for learning back to your science class. All right, to the show. Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. I'm Erin Sadler from Sadler Science. And I'm Nicole Van Tassel with iExplore Science. We're here to cut through the confusion to help science teachers like you make science relevant and engaging with student-driven instruction. We know that when students take ownership of their learning, teaching can be simple and fun. Thanks for being here and let's dive into the episode. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do want to make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out, and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. Go to sadlerscience.com slash 3D planner to grab yours. That's sadlerscience.com slash 3D planner. Hey guys, this is Nicole Van Tassel with iExplore Science and... I'm Erin Sadler with Sadler Science, and that's my dog jumping on the bed. Sorry. <laughs> Not a reindeer. Um, <laughs> if you listen to the last episode, you'll get that one. Um, anyway, so we are here with Teaching Science in 3D Podcast, and today we are talking about resetting your classroom culture after break. So we're kind of having you think ahead until uh, to when you get back from winter break and how you can start off the second half of the year or whatever, um, the after break period of the year. Um, stronger. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, some of us end the semester or whatever your grading time period is kind of feeling a little bit um, like overwhelmed and just feeling like, oh, like you just need a break so badly. And, you know, how can you, you adjust your classroom so that you don't feel like that going back in? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about this episode. Um, Okay, so we are going to give you a couple steps of things that you can start doing now and that you can plan for when you come back. And they're super simple, so it's not like overwhelming and and complicated, but um, that will just help create that kind of better environment for you to like come back into or like this environment that you want to come back into. Um, Okay, so what is the first thing that you think people should do right now uh, to prepare for this kind of reset? Um, I think you should survey your students. I think that that's the number one thing that you should do is get student feedback. And even if it's just like giving them a place to like use their voice, 
like find out what they're thinking about your class. Okay. What are some of like questions that you would suggest teachers ask or what might be helpful? Usually I do like mostly open-ended questions, like what's working well for you in this classroom? What's not working well for you? What are some things that other teachers are doing that is working really well for you um, or not working well for you? And then I always leave one that's just like, is there anything else you want me to know? Um, Mm -hmm. I find that those are often like the best answers that I get. You know, a lot of times kids will tell me like, oh, my parents are getting a divorce or, um, you know, like, uh, I don't like it when you do this or, you know, that's something that's, you know, that they wouldn't be able to say otherwise. Yeah. I like that. Cause sometimes you don't know what, even on test, have you like ever heard people do that on tests where they'd be like, was there anything else about that you learned this semester or this quarter or whatever, this unit that you want to share with me that, you know, cause you can kind of get the random stuff that kids learned or remembered or think is cool or whatever. Yeah. Um, I like that kind of open-ended. I also think there could be value in incorporating some kind of like a, a, just a quick scale. Like if you just want to know like a check-in, like, um, you know, how maybe overwhelmed they're feeling or how, um, how they're just feeling about school in general. I feel positive. I like, I'm, I'm glad to come to school. Like something that can just be really easy for the students who maybe don't want to open up, don't want to tell, tell you really much of anything, but they can click a button and say like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm at a one, I'm having a hard time or I'm a five. I'm doing really good. I'm happy. Yeah. So definitely valuable. Definitely. Okay. So they, you survey your kids before the break and then what? And then you take a break. (laughs) Yes. You you need to go on break. Yes. And I admit, I was like one of those teachers that worked over my breaks because I wanted to, you know, get ahead and I wanted to have my plan ready and everything. But at the same time, okay. I, I I was one of those teachers. However, I typically also plan to do that. I think I plan to do it more than I actually did it because then I ended up getting sidetracked and not necessarily working the whole break, which was a good thing, but then I usually felt guilty about it. So don't feel guilty about it. Take a break. Don't feel guilty. You need to, it's that whole like air, what is air mat, put your own life air mask on before you can like help anybody else. Like if you're not taking care of yourself, it's going to, it's going to, um, end up being put on your students, your family, like everybody else anyway. So you're doing nobody a favor by, by not taking a break or feeling guilty about taking a break. I know that's easier said than done. Yeah. But also like, don't think about jumping into content when you come right back in, because that was always my mistake is like, I felt like I had to have some content the first day that we came back and my lesson plan for the week, right. When we came back and that was not a good idea that didn't work very well. So you're like doing hardcore planning over break and then nobody was ready for that anyway. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So take a break, plan a simple start for coming back. So we're gonna talk about what should you do when you first come back? Right. Um, okay. So what's the first thing that you should do? Go over your survey results, like just acknowledge them no matter how ugly or, you know, fantastic it was, um, give everybody in the room that voice and let them know that they've been heard and, you know, kind of, you might not be able to address everything right away, but you can say, Hey, look, I'm going to focus on this thing right now. And then I am going to focus on this thing later or say, Hey, yeah, I heard that, you know, nobody likes having homework, but our school has a, you know, I have to give you 30 minutes of homework a day, or I don't know, like whatever, (laughs) you know, like if there's something that you can't control, you explain to the kids, like, I can't control this because yeah, I agree with you. I don't like this, but you know, this is what we're doing. Yeah. 
I feel like we underestimate how important it is just to feel like our thoughts or our feelings or whatever are not being dismissed. Like even as an adult, like right now, I'm kind of in a situation in my own life with my own kids that I had some concerns and I felt very dismissed um, with those concerns. And it wasn't that I needed a strong, like I, I needed this solution on this day, but like I would have appreciated, yeah, I'm going to look into this. I hear what you're saying. I'm going to see what I can do. Um, I, I feel like I, I would have felt so much better after the conversation that I had if I had just felt like acknowledged and, um, you know, no promises made, nothing like that, but just acknowledged acknowledged. I don't know, not dismissed, not set aside. And I think our students feel the same way. And sometimes when they share things with us and then we like don't even acknowledge that they share those things or that we um, maybe agree or, or even, I don't know, just not even like recognizing what they said. I, it's, it's rough. So sometimes just simply acknowledging, but like you said, say, you know, I might not be able to do something about this, but I totally hear you in that respect can be really helpful and powerful. Yeah. And, you know, like I can't do this right now, but I, it's on my radar. It's something I'm planning on fixing, you know, like next month or, you know, like, yeah, just letting them feel heard. And also, you know, I think this goes without saying, but make sure that you're not calling out individual students that you're like saying like, as a group, I noticed that this was kind of like the themes of the responses. Yes. Yes. Unless you're like, unless you are like maybe writing individually back to students, I think that can be also really powerful too. Like if you can jot a quick note back to a student who maybe opened up about something or shared something like, you know, maybe it's not necessarily to do for every single student. Maybe it is, but, or maybe you just, you know, collectively mention things, but, um, but that's also something to consider. Yeah. But make sure that's private, that that's a, yes, (laughs) yes, private. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And also like, um, don't be too defensive, you know, like it, it's not personal. It's not it, you know, like they're just telling you how they feel. And it's really great if they feel good enough to like open up to you, you know, like a huge level of trust. So so take it as that. Yeah. Yes. That is totally true too. Um, I think it's hard when we hear like criticism, but if, if a kid is willing to give that criticism and like, at not necessarily every, it's not always showing that they're open to it, but, but in some situations, it could be a sign that they feel comfortable with you, that they can open up about something. Yeah. Um, sometimes kids are just venting, <laughs> um, but that's okay too. You know, sometimes they need that. Um, and you're an adult and you can handle it. Yeah. Um, okay. So you go over the survey and then now what do you do? You do something fun with your kids. Like, I just, I feel like in the, you know, coming back from COVID, like there's been such a rush to, you know, like we got to cover all these things. Like, no, you need to have a good time with your students. You need to have them have a happy, warm feeling when they walk into a classroom. Like, yes, yeah. So yes. team building activities, you know, bust out your spaghetti towers, you know, uh, do, um, I saw a teacher the other day doing like relay races, like, you know, with her, with their students and yeah, just something fun that kind of tells them like, okay, I feel good here. Yes. Um, and you like, 
obviously anybody who's been listening to us knows how we like, I feel like we definitely lean toward the rigor side of learning. Like, you know, we're not just like, well, let's just do fluffy stuff all the time. We want our students to be thinking critically and deeply. And sometimes it's hard and it's not always like super fun, but at the same time, your students should be enjoying being in your class and being with you. And if they're not, that's a problem. And I don't care what any other teacher says about like, well, school's not about having fun or something like that, but like, there's no reason learning can't be fun. Everybody learns, everybody functions better when you are in an environment where you feel happy and safe and, um, and enjoy it. And our kids deserve to be in environments like that. So have some fun with your kids, build those relationships, repair those relationships. If you've struggled there, like you need to have a positive classroom environment to be an effective teacher. Yeah. And like, think about ways that you can keep bringing that in, you know, like, um, there's a couple of different, um, things that I've seen. Like there's one where it's like, um, your biggest fan or something like that. And you do like pairs of rock, paper, scissors, you know, like everybody pairs up and does rock, paper, scissors. And then whoever wins that person becomes their biggest fan. And they get like a chain of people following them as they win rock, paper, scissors until it's just oh, like fun. mass. And you're supposed to like, once you lose, you're that person's biggest fan and you're supposed to cheer for them as they're going through, like, you know, that takes no prep and you yeah. know, like 10 minutes. Yeah. Yes. And, and yeah, and that's the kind of stuff that can just kind of turn a day around. It's important. And it, it all feeds back into that, like brain science of learning stuff. So go back to that episode. If you haven't listened to it, our students need, need that, those good experiences and positive experiences. Yeah. Um, okay. So after like the fun stuff though, you know, you do need to get into some more like serious things. So, um, this is where I think that we, you need to take some time to review kind of like the expectation before you get into the content, like review, like the expectations and the the most important procedures and things like that. And really prepare yourself to have to review those, like prepare yourself that your students are probably going to not remember how to walk in your classroom the right way or how to like start their bell ringer or, um, maybe even like your call and response, if you do like a call and response type thing or something like that, like they're going to need reminders because they've been out of school for a, a little bit of time and, um, and their kids and they're excited to come back and, or see their friends, maybe not come back, but like see their friends and, and whatever. So prepare yourself to, to give those reminders and, and do make a conscious effort to like review, you know, remember this is how we come in and we need to st- do our bell ringer now, or like, this is how I get your attention. So before we go on to this next activity, this is what we need, you know, this is how I'm going to call you back or whatever. And also like try to introduce it in a different way than you did before, because it is review. Like, I think a lot of teachers kind of like start from the beginning and they're like, okay, so this is what, and you don't, it becomes like really boring. Like you can even give them like a group activity where they answer questions about the procedures or something like that. So you're not just talking to them all the time. Yeah. And it could, and you, I would say like, don't necessarily, you don't necessarily need to do all of them. Like I would say, pick what are the key, key things that they're going to need, like in that class or on that day. And then maybe, you know, over the course of the week, you're reminding them before we go and do this lab, let's just review how we do labs or how we um, use those tools or whatever. Uh, But, but definitely taking time to kind of review those kind of expectations, I think uh, can be really valuable. Uh, and then lastly, what do you, how do we, how are we going to wrap up resetting our classroom culture? Um, I think that there needs to be some sort of way that there's open communication in the classroom so that students feel like they have a voice all the time. So 
I've seen this in a lot of different ways. Like, you know, um, maybe on Fridays you like do like a journal activity and then you respond to their journal activity or, um, there's, you know, like, um, one of the teachers I know does like a circle time once a week mm -hmm. and, you know, just talks about what's going on in the classroom and, you know, like has yeah. a discussion, you know, like just anything that you can do, or, um, even having like an open Google form where they can submit something to you if they, you know, want to tell you something. Yeah. Yeah. I like, yeah. All of those, um, it's kind of some of those like meeting things are kind of like those elementary things that we stop doing, but we really should not stop doing yeah. because they're valuable, like morning meeting and, and those kind of check-ins. And I think a lot of, um, I think middle school teachers tend to do this more than high school probably, but you know, you do like the end of the week where you talk about what are you going to do over the weekend or what did you on Monday, maybe talk about what you did this past weekend or whatever. And just continuing maybe to have a little bit of a, a more formal way of, of making sure that you're doing that. Even on the busy days, you're still, or the busy weeks, you're still remembering to check in with your students in those ways and give them a chance to communicate um, with you privately. And even just as a class and share what's going on in their lives and things like that. Um, one of the, I, I was mentioning, I heard, saw this on Facebook in a group the other day. Um, someone was sharing about, they were doing a, they do like a mindful moment and they have it themed to whatever they're like studying. So I think the one example they gave was like, they had all these um, like e eco, I don't know, ecosystem related kind of like nature kind of quotes. And the kids were like just doodling for like two or three minutes kind of about the quote. And then um, it's a little bit less of the communication, but it's kind of, um, I don't know, just a cool procedure, I guess, to bring in. Maybe that's when you are looking at your revamping some of your procedures and expectations. You can incorporate some of those things. Um, but just like a way to connect with your, keep keep connecting with your students and give them a chance to kind of, I don't know, center in your class when they first come in. Yeah. Well, even um, I've seen people do that like during group work or, you know, like when students are during their work time, not necessarily group work, but during work time you know, like where they put up a fireplace or something, you know, like a video of a fireplace yeah. or um, one of the teachers I work with puts up the um, otter cam at the Monterey Bay, Bay Aquarium. Oh, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, just to like, it, when they're getting off task, they're like, oh, there's, you know, oh, look at what the otter did. And then kind of going back to what they're doing, you know, it kind of manages the, the crazy a little yes. bit. You know why it works, but it does. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So these like kind of little, little things you can sprinkle in to, uh, to help kind of keep kids connected. Um, awesome. So yeah, so that is, those are our recommend recommendations for resetting your classroom culture after break. A couple other things you want, want to think about before break. Um, but it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be complicated. Um, but it is really valuable when you're coming back. Um, if, whether you need a reset or not, like, even if you don't, if things were going really well, this is just a, a really good thing to like continue going, like doing things well. And if you, however, you've been like struggling, um, like going through that survey, affirming to your students that you've heard them connecting with them through that, like fun activity to build that relationship, reviewing kind of procedures, or maybe it's teaching them for the first time, whichever. Um, and then kind of establishing that open line of communication, you're setting the foundation for a, a good rest of the year. So. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to us this season. We are going to be taking a break for the holidays. We'll be back in January. Something um, we'll keep you posted. And if you have questions that you would like answered next season, please for sure connect with us, share with us your thoughts, your questions, things that you um, want to learn more about. We definitely want to hear from you.
Yep. And you can go to teachingscienceand3d.com slash questions to submit those. And we would love to see those. All right. Have a wonderful break and uh, just take care of yourself. <laughs> okay. Bye. Yes. <laughs> bye. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do want to make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out, and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. Go to sadlerscience.com slash 3dplanner to grab yours. That's sadlerscience.com slash 3dplanner.